Now to put on the headphones and see how it sounds. Oh, that's great. Welcome to the Adventures in Odyssey Scoopcast, your source for the latest in Adventures in Odyssey reviews, still in podcast form, for those who don't have time to start their own Odyssey podcast. I'm your host, Michael LaFaver. Let's get started. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's this Michael guy, and what's he doing on the Scoopcast? Well, as some of you may know, I have been hosting the AIO Wiki podcast for about three and a half years now, and I had been using the pseudonym Lee Asim as I was hosting that podcast, and so I thought, now that that is over, I should probably go back to using my real name, right? I mean, it feels better, and also, I just really dislike ASIM, no one can pronounce it. So you're stuck with Michael now. But enough about me, today on the Scoopcast we have a review of the final two episodes in album 63 up in the air. We'll start with the fifth episode in the album, episode 830 BTV Revenge. Alright, so the next episode, which is actually, I didn't say this before because I was saving it for the big reveal, this is my favorite episode of Odyssey. And- Ooh. I'm kidding. This is my favorite episode of Odyssey on this album, and I don't know how many albums previous there's been an episode that I liked this much. And I think maybe the reason for it, like we, we talked before, the, the, this tonally Odyssey is kind of going all over the place a little bit sometimes. Um, and in a lot of episodes, it mm-hmm. seems like they have this itching to be really goofy. And so they throw it into a lot of places that it doesn't really make any sense to be. This is where they get a free pass to just be as goofy as they want to be. And in yep. some cases... Yeah, exactly, and, and, they, and they, it, like yeah. the other places that they were goofy, I wouldn't have liked those goofs even if they were here, just because they were bad goofs. But this was this was goofy, and also the, I liked the jokes. I, I felt like they were well written. Uh, Sam Suksuri wrote this one as well, and good yeah. job, man. Like I liked pretty much all of the skits. Give all that of guy them, a raise. Like I actually laughed at an Odyssey episode for the first time in years. I don't know. This this was a decent episode. I'll I'll come back and share some more thoughts. But what do you guys think? I just imagine Garrett in his chair listening to a frowning Odyssey and... episodes, and there's like a joke. There's a joke in each one, and he's just like, ah. and then it comes to this one, and he's actually laughing. So I don't think we actually said the name of this episode. This is B. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a okay. BT- this is BTV Revenge it. episode eight thirty, written by Sam Suksiri and Aaron Chapman. And directed by Phil Lawler. Oh, there was another writer in- included as well. Ooh. Yeah, there was. She's only that. written this okay. one. I love this yeah. episode as well. So I think the only thing I didn't like, the Monte Cristo sketch thing that kept happening, I felt like it was kind of forced. Like, okay, what if we made this about sandwiches instead of what it was originally about? And so you kind of have to like force everything into the sandwich universe and it like wouldn't make sense unless you had seen the original thing. Which a kid to, probably wouldn't have. Even though have, they, they, but, the kids you know, wouldn't get the parody, I'm, I thought the story, like the story, still made enough sense. Like it, it reminded me a lot of of Veggie Tales' mm-hmm. silly yeah. parodies. Like it's yeah. like obviously all of the reactions are overblown, but at least the plot does follow itself. The stuff doesn't happen for random reasons. It's like okay, this guy is mad at the other guy, and so he frames him in a really silly way. But then okay, that gives him reason to want to take revenge. And that works, because yeah. you can relate to that. So, I guess. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't like that as much. It was it was okay. 
But I enjoyed everything else. I think my favorite joke throughout the whole thing was the whole <laughs> yep. world exploded thing. Every time it happened, let's just I say just that was a pretty good gag. So hard. Yeah. That then, was a pretty good. And then oh, at the end, didn't... they brought it back in a sketch that wasn't <laughs> yeah, even that was funny. a yeah. what if zone sketch. And they're just like, shut yeah. up. You guys, you guys part. weren't ready for that last time, but let me, let me try <laughs> that again. Let's just say that was a pretty good gag. That was a pretty good. Yes. No, that was a pretty good that gag. That was a pretty good gag. <laughs> no, I, I got you there. Another another gag that they didn't. I, I like that gag too. Yeah, but uh, we just overused it now. I think I liked. I'm trying to remember even which which story this happens in, but where the one guy ends up going off and living with go- goats and like. Oh yeah, that's um learning Jacob to, and the uh, yeah okay yeah, yeah. Jacob <laughs> and, and he just, like he learns how to speak to them and then they Jacob. eventually develop nuclear fission and then because they don't have thumbs they drop drop the <laughs> and the whole world, whole world exploded. exploded and the whole world exploded all those whole world exploded moments were pretty silly it seems like the rest of Odyssey is trying to be this silly and then here they're actually allowed to be this silly and so then they do it and it's funny and it's fine tone is important if the episode is supposed to be a funny goofy episode then be funny and goofy but if it's supposed to be a real story you can have some jokes in it but don't change it to feeling like a, a one-dimensional silly radio parody show every yeah. 10 seconds to have a joke your jokes don't need to be those kinds of jokes you can do more like real character sounding jokes yeah i'm surprised I was wondering why they don't call it the twilight zone anymore though now they call it the what if zone no because um, the twilight zone is something completely different no no no. the twilight zone is yeah, twilight the, twi- zone. The, the twilight zone is a kid's radio show where characters end up living oh it's because very, it's kids radio yeah. Uh, but also, did you guys notice the reference to that like 2006 meme? The why can't I hold all these limes? Why can't I hold all these oranges? Did you guys see that meme? That. I, I was thinking like that, that, that is an old meme, and like definitely all the 10 year old kids who are listening to this did not know that reference. So and the, and I think that was there just for me, and I appreciated it. And the old teenagers who were listening to this episode didn't get that reference, like me. Yeah, even yeah, even old teenagers don't get it. I didn't, I, I'm 22. I didn't get that reference. <laughs> I, I, oh, and the uh, the the Grey's Anatomy, or is that? I don't know Grey's Anatomy. It just the the the, the classic Doctor Show uh, parody was yeah, hilarious. Yeah, that was with, great. I always had a little bit of a crush on Monica Stone when she was Monica Stone, and now that she's in this episode, it was it was pretty great. Yeah, she she does have a great voice. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. Yeah. Now I remember that ER scene, and... And (laughs) I'm in love with you. This patient needs your attention, stat. Also, I'm in love with you. Yeah, giant scissors. (laughs) Not now, Melinda. What happened? Well, I I told myself it couldn't work. I mean, with the Yeah, that was a great guy. (laughs) She always brings it back to me about their relationship. That That was pretty funny. But yeah, the main point, though, is just I think the humor works a lot better in this episode than, uh... Yeah. Than some of the other which, places. Which mm-hmm. is weird because, yeah, like you said, this one doesn't really have a coherent storyline, a main storyline, but I still feel like even though it was fun, Odyssey can't survive on just this kind of episode. So if we did have another I think Phil series... Lawler wanted it to, though. I, I I heard at some point he wanted to just do a variety show, and I think he's actually planning on doing that with, with uh, Will Ryan and Katie Lee at some point, which, like, uh, I think they would do a great job. Ooh. And, like, I checked it up, and, and Phil was the one who directed this episode, too, right? And Like, he just... Yeah. He likes this kind of show, and he's really good at directing it. Like, a lot of the, the reasons that these gags worked was partially just the performances and, like, knowing the direction it should go. Like, it was, it was funny. Just make it work, writers, in the other episodes that are serious. <laughs> right. Or do, yeah, or don't, don't do something else. I actually didn't get to listen to this episode again today because I was out of time. But I have my notes from the previous, the last time I heard it, and I thought the Count of the Monte Cristo was my favorite sketch of all of them. That's why I voted in the Avery Awards. And the What If Zone was cool in the first one, but then the second and third just seemed a little bit too far, more 
more far-fetched that than far-fetched like he the the prodigal son starts crying and he cries so much that it tilts the world off its axis <laughs> well i thought that that one was just was a little great. bit too short they they, they could have <laughs> i'll buy that. that one just needed to be a little bit longer i still really love this episode too whenever the count of mind crystal came on i i kind of like sat back in my chair as i was listening and sighed like ah this is the peaceful story not didn't have did you know which i was surprised Ooh, true in, in btv episodes it has did you know ever really been a favorite segment yes okay yes yeah <laughs> I, don't know. I, I thought to me I it always so. was just like just facts for like they weren't really funny or anything it was just like here's some facts but the guy's voice was yeah. okay, fine oh and he comes back in the btv trinity episode oh wait cory burton's back i thought he didn't do odyssey anymore for the cameo at least i think that would be pretty yeah, okay. easy to yeah. pull from another yeah. episode ratings i guess 10 out of 10 sandwiches. Uh, I would give it 7 out of 10 oranges. Well, no, you know what? The, the moral obviously was very clearly made, but I, I just thought it, I, th- this isn't really that much of a knock. I just thought it was kind of funny how they conflated the American justice system with God's justice. <laughs> <laughs> like at the end, they're saying, actually, I want to try and find that moment for a second to remember exactly what they said, because it was and taking justice into your own Taking justice oh, into right, your own hands isn't, doesn't make it better because you're using your own... Uh, emotions as a standard of judgment rather than letting the justice system run its course exactly it's like wait so the justice system doing it is not bad it's just when you do it like isn't the justice system just other people doing what you're telling us not to do well i think the point of the justice system is that it's not a bias of course it is ideally it's not yeah. a biased position it's but just isn't like the point that w- saying okay it, here it, is the, standard, the standard is that humans should is the principle that humans shouldn't judge or just like you shouldn't judge unless you're you're gonna judge you shouldn't judge unless you're gonna judge if you're gonna judge you better do it a lot and get paid for it yeah <laughs> you better be a pro <laughs> judge and stuff. again like I, I don't think i probably agree with the sam six series theology that much but mm. um at least he made his point well like in the world of batman that makes sense because that is actually the point like you so okay so if, if that is just a, a funny callback to batman and it's just hands. a funny reference then that's that's fun and then, then good job funny joke I'll, I'll give it a nine out of ten I, I would give it a ten out of ten but i feel like i need to save those for for something truly incredible like sir buddy's snowy day <laughs> please oh, kill my me. word <laughs> And now, settle in for the final episode of Album 63. This is episode 831, Crash Course. All right. So our final yep. and most important the final Crash one. Course. The final one? Crash okay. Course. Do you okay. Uh, Lee, oh, how about you stats. give us stats? This is, yeah, on Crash Course, episode 831. And it's written by Kathy Buchanan, directed by Kathy Buchanan, sound design by the one, the Kathy only, Buchanan. the amazing... <laughs> Rob Jorgensen. This episode is an episode where uh, both Buck and Jules are learning how to drive with their respective guardians, and Buck is having a great time at it because he already knows how to drive secretly, and Jules is having a horrible time at it because she and Connie don't get along. And so Jules tries to uh, learn how to drive with Buck. They crash the car, and that just jumpstarts a ton of drama and stuff until everything turns out all right at the end yep. and katrina yeah. gets a puppy that's and it is it really because jules and connie just don't get along or is it because connie's a, a horrible teacher it's partly because of that <laughs> i guess we'll have oh, to figure yeah. that okay. out in the well, let's just jump right into things yeah so i thought i liked the character development uh, like i always like an episode where there's character development between buck and jules because i feel like i enjoy how they both come from backgrounds where they're not necessarily the good guy but 
they're both dealing with it in different ways. And so you can kind of see a contrast in not only their environments, but also the way they've chosen to deal with things based on how they've been treated. Uh, just a ton of different things that uh, they're just interesting to me. I found it amusing because this episode, I feel like it was a callback to yeah, a License yeah. to Drive for a lot of people. Because you grew up with Kanye teaching Eugene how to drive. And now here's Eugene showing everyone like, look at Buck. I taught him how to drive. Connie, how's it going? And she's like, Haha, we're going to learn her how to drive soon. It's just, just we're almost there. And mm-hmm. I found that amusing. Yeah, that was that was kind of that was funny. All the, um, all the callbacks to License yeah. to Drive, and especially in that um, first scene with Connie and Jules, where like, Con- Connie's saying like verbatim, line for line, yeah, yeah. Or Jules is getting anxious, and Connie says, "Hold on, no one's having a baby." Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> I, I also liked how they reincorporated like, the like. There's there's a moment in License to Drive where Connie's teaching Eugene. And she's telling him to turn left, I think. And he's like, turn left? He's like, right. And he's like, right? And he's like, no, r- right. And so they start to turn right. She's like, no, I mean, right is in left. It's right, correct. And then he starts to turn. <laughs> so, so he's like turning wrong. So they, they reincorporated that gag without actually stealing it. And they did it differently. And Connie says, like, Jules is going down the street and Connie wants her to stop. So she says left. <laughs> and so Jules starts to turn left. And then Connie's like, no, I meant left pedal. I said, stop. No, go right. <laughs> so I, I thought <laughs> I that was creative. It's it's nice that they, they they didn't just rip the gag off they they figure yeah. out a way to revive it yeah they're um the subtle references especially in the beginning and then later on the whole episode isn't a repeat but I did like the uh, homage it paid to that one w- were they su- I, I don't feel like they were subtle references but they they were definitely references did those yeah. are all your thoughts Ryan honestly yes like I didn't feel like this episode was like it was interesting I didn't feel like beyond that I guess it was interesting to see Buck finally fight with eugene and eugene's kind of like i'm kind of touched that he fought with me because like this is a growth of our relationship it didn't make as much sense as it sounded like it did no like but i I thought like um, that was there's that that was kind of a problem point for me in the episode because it was obviously a very important uh, moment in buck's character development and his relationship with eugene and katrina but i'm trying to figure out what was wrong with it i i think probably part of it was just a little bit of overacting, even though that there needed to be sort of this emotional explosion where Buck finally opens up about his feelings to Eugene. The first time he gets mad at Eugene, I guess. This just doesn't sound like a character like Buck would get mad at somebody. Like, he just suddenly is really hyper dramatic and kind of sounds like a six-year-old girl. And, like, the reason that he's mad, at the end of the episode, you realize, okay, he had a reason to get mad because he needed to get to connellsville to get the dog but for the moment of the episode it doesn't make any sense i feel like if they'd found some other way for buck to be mad like maybe he's actually missing out on something and it makes sense in the moment for him to be mad this wouldn't actually happen if buck wasn't keeping something from them in multiple ways because like a he's keeping the fact that he already knows how to drive and b he's keeping the fact that he wants to go to connellsville mm-hmm. and so when he blows up at them it's like um you brought this on yourself dude they didn't have the information yeah. they so it, it seems like he's better. just kind of being conveniently petty so they have a, a, a moment for him to emotionally explode so it just doesn't land as well as it should have because of what they were trying to do with that moment like, I, I don't have a problem with Buck losing his temper. He was supposed to do that in this episode. It's just that he did it in kind of a weird way, and, and it doesn't make sense for him to be that 
angry, or at least to like, he's, yeah. he's very dramatic. I'm not sure if that's the script or if that's just the acting. Kathy Buchanan wrote and directed, so she would have told him to act that so way. So it's her fault regardless. You really dropped the ball on this one, Kathy. I, I was going to say, I really do like, as far as all the current child characters I think I like Buck the most. I think a few other people have mentioned that his accent is kind of like silly and doesn't. I love his accent. I I do like just the fact like his character itself is actually interesting enough that I I somewhat care about where he's going, what's going on. And I I like his dynamic with Eugene and Katrina, too. I was noticing this sort of parallelism where like Connie and Jules are both bratty and annoying and uh, (laughs) they just get on each other's nerves by being too catty. But Eugene is more passive and so is buck like they're 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 disconnecting because they just can't learn how to communicate i I mean but i guess it's a communication issue on but they they need to communicate communicate Um, open up your heart (laughs) communicate just open up your heart and communicate yeah for, for eugene and katrina they're they're both like so sweet and nice and they have a hard time just connecting with buck and buck is doing the same thing to them like he's just like he loves them so much and he really wants them to feel like good parents and so he's like lying to them to make them feel like they're doing a better job than they are you know he really wants eugene to feel like a successful father because eugene is obviously very insecure about this and that's i don't know that's just such an interesting and funny and there's a lot of room for for them to do things with that with that dynamic and for them to kind of i don't know to eventually get over that i guess I like the dynamic and, and the character progression that's happening with Buck. Uh, like when, when he was first introduced in the Green Ring Conspiracy, I didn't know they were going to do anything else with him. I thought he was just going to be a one-off character, but I, I guess he just landed enough. They had enough ideas for him to keep moving forward with him, and he's been really interesting, despite intentionally trying to introduce a few other characters that really haven't gone anywhere at all. All right, what do you think, Lee? This specific episode, something happened that I don't feel was the best well done and i think part of it is that the word continuity how an episode compares with the other episodes in the album and in the characters arcs let's take connie and buck in this case connie from the beginning her interaction with jules is extremely different from friend or foe and depending on what episode you think is the better episode or the more um true to connie's character is the one that i guess i would look for to see was this episode like that one it wasn't like it in this one, Connie's very shrill, as Jules puts it, and she's very different from Jules, from the way she was in Friend or Foe. She um, wasn't shrill in Friend or Foe? No, she wasn't. She was very forceful, very What pronounced. do you mean by... Sh- okay. She was kind of forceful. I felt like she was kind of bratty in both of them. Was how I, I would in study. In Friend or Foe, it seemed like she uh, she knew what she was trying to say to Jules and what, what she was trying to get across, but in this one, it was more like, I'm, I'm flailing because I don't know what to say. Um, oh, okay. Which I think that could make sense, because... You get some people in a car and they're a completely well, different person. Also, yeah, but- I, I think that is a problem, though, with friend or foe, because th- that was just not showing Connie. Like, Connie was being super confident about something. Well, no, I, maybe it's not a flat. It's just like, yeah. in that episode, Connie was really confident about what she was saying, though maybe she shouldn't have been because she was still being a bad parent, as, as she is in this episode, too. <laughs> in this one, though, her reactions are um, a lot different than it was in the other episode. I mean, in, the, in friend or foe, Jules racks up enormous debt on the credit card, and Connie's like, are you kidding me? Okay, let's calm down about it. And in this one, Jules wrecks the car, and Connie's like, then you both are in so much trouble! Oh. Get out, both of you! Is it bad? Even, even more over the top with that. Um, so do you see that as character inconsistency? Yes. Kind of more, not as much with Connie as with Buck. And even though this episode is supposed to be one of the main episodes in Buck's arc and his development, it is, I think, a step back in his development. You guys have talked about old tricks before? I think so. And that sure episode... We actually released that episode, but we, we did talk about it. It's just sitting on a hard drive somewhere. Actually, you did release it, and that was... Did we? Okay. Yeah, you gave very, very high marks to that episode. 
Okay. Partly because right. um, it was Eugene's conversation with Buck at the end where he said, Buck, what you did was wrong and you will maybe be punished for it or, or something. And this is, it has no place in our family. But I am appreciative that you tried to help me and and stuff like that. And the balance there in between, between grace and truth in that case was very good on Eugene's part. And on Buck's part, Buck was very humble in that yeah. situation. And even though he did something he wasn't supposed to do, the way he came across to Eugene and Katrina was much different than he did in this episode. Yeah, and this in this one, he kind of was, it was like, Buck, what you did was yeah. wrong, but... <laughs> I'm wondering, where's, where's Buck's discernment in letting Jules drive? If, so Jules just convinces Buck to let her drive the car? Why Why would he not... Where, like, in Friend or Foe, mm. he has the discernment not to help Jules blackmail Valerie, but in this one, he just lets her drive a car? I don't know. Yeah. No, I totally no, I don't know. That that's, that's one of them. Yeah, that did seem a bit too. out of character. Yeah, I'll t- yeah I'll agree And uh, when Buck and Jules are talking in the car, uh, Buck says that he's withheld the information that he's already know he already knows how to drive from Eugene and Katrina to prove that he needs them or to prove to them that Eugene and Katrina are good parents. But hasn't he already done that? Wasn't that what the ties that bind was for? Well, and- he's constantly doing that because just in general, they just haven't totally gotten over that yet because Eugene and Katrina are not perfect parents, but Buck feels like they're the best thing that's ever happened to him. And so he wants the situation to run as smoothly as possible. And so his way of doing that is to pretend that the, everything they're doing is right in every possible situation. And this is this is the moment where he finally actually opens up a little bit about the truth. It's just that they didn't do that moment very well. Yeah, when, when we got to that moment, I thought, why is this drawing me into the episode? Or what is what is this conflict that's happening here? Um, how do I word this? How do I phrase this? When Eugene and Katrina do take away his driver's license and he does overreact, I can see how this would take place before uh, Old Tricks or another episode. But considering all that Buck has been through and considering that his only reason in wanting the driver's license was just to get a puppy, not to get Eugene a job like it was in the previous episode, his reaction doesn't seem warranted. And first oh, he's yeah. trying to he's trying to prove that Eugene and Katrina need him, and then he's yelling at them. Why did What you- does it matter why? You don't understand me. You probably never will. I could see that scene making sense if Buck was not actually seriously yelling at them, but he was, like, playing that up, too. And, like, obviously Buck is grifting all the time. He's playing up situations to get certain responses out of people. Yeah. It, it would make sense if he was just, like, trying to be overdramatic to, I don't know, for some other motive. But mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't sound very genuine. To me, it would make sense if he's just being a hormonal <laughs> teenager. But he hasn't been it? that hormonal before. Especially when the stakes no, were higher, which is that's what... That's kind of the point yeah. of hormones. They kind of... they kind of, The point of hormones is that they kind of take you away from... But that wasn't the point of the are. episode. <laughs> well, what is this episode? <laughs> yeah, an- another good point. I'll, I'll get to question. that in a second, if, that, if that's okay. You want to talk no, about that? No, no, keep the, going. So an- another thing about Buck's go, 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 go. outburst in that moment, uh, his reasoning doesn't make sense. I, I realize, so he's a... Maybe you can help me along with this if I just missed something, but he's 16 at this moment. And his and Katrina says, we're trying to do what's best for you. And he says, you think you really know what's best for me? You didn't even know that I already knew how to drive. What does that have to do with knowing what's best in disciplining Buck? If Buck does something that he knows he's not supposed to do and his foster parents give him a consequence, how how is that related to whether or not he already knew how to drive? Hormone logic. It's just saying, <laughs> well, m- maybe that, but may- maybe his argument is that, like, <laughs> how do you guys think you know what's best for me? You don't even know me. I haven't told you enough about myself for you to know what is best for me. But that's not what he said previously. I think he said something like, I accept yeah. this consequence, basically. I, I don't think he's necessarily arguing that they actually who? don't 
that is thinking that his his um, arc should be at a different place at this point and yeah agreement between the way characters act between different episodes because writers aren't paying enough attention to where right. characters and, are at that's a pretty and if point. this episode was before in the arc if this one was before old tricks then it would make perfect sense to me it would be great but it's not that's like something that. i wonder about a lot in like shows where she... you have like 67 writers working on each season like like odyssey obviously <laughs> does not have quite that many writers it well i mean there's still quite a few writers but it's more limited than like certain tv shows that i would watch and it's like how do you keep a character's arc straight because like there's a bunch of people thinking about them in totally different ways like you have to have a really a showrunner who has a very clear vision for what what's going on with each character at any particular time and it seems mm-hmm. like that's not happening in some ways in odyssey right now i agree with that and if, if nathan hubler and or if multiple people had written this episode then would have been a little bit more consistent, I think. So, that wasn't really the point I was making, but maybe maybe you're maybe you're right. Actually, the only yeah. way I could sort of write off Buck's actions is that when you have an ulterior motive, it kind of makes sense that you might pick a fight that otherwise you might not. Like you're you're almost just sort of saying something that you don't necessarily even believe is true because you want the person to react a certain way. Mm-hmm. In this case, Buck's not actually disputing that you crash a car, you get a punishment. What he's really disputing is, I shouldn't be in trouble right now because I can't be in trouble right now because I need to be in Connellsville. Yeah. But he's not. he can't say that, so what does he say? Right. He argues with them about whether they know what's best for him. And his temper gets the best of him, where the best trick he you can pull what? out of his pocket is Maybe what they don't know. actually this maybe this does make sense like i was theorizing before that it would make more sense if he was like sort of conning them like just being dramatic for the sake of trying to to you know do something in the moment but maybe he was maybe uh. he maybe he was overreacting in that moment because he needed to make them feel emotionally uh out of sorts enough for him to be able to kind of run off dramatically and for them to not question it so then he can run yeah. off and go do what he needs to do in which case you have another problem because eugene took it that he was actually opening up to him emotionally which he wouldn't have been. Well, that wouldn't be a problem. That would just be another complication in their character arc, which is kind of interesting. A complication as in we didn't see that coming and now we have to write more episodes to gloss over that, I see, guess. See, if that is actually the case, we may have solved this and may- maybe the maybe this actually does make sense. But hey, that's just theory. a theory. <laughs> and Odyssey, <laughs> and Odyssey theory. theory. <laughs> Let's see, what, what does Chris tell us the moral is? Let's listen to uh, that for a second. That, gonna... you, that Buck and Jules, even though they had done things that they knew they were wrong, they could come back and repent. What? Isn't that what? Isn't that what they said? Isn't that what she said? No, I'm not disputing. I'm just like I didn't remember because I didn't get to listen to this episode all the way through uh, again. Oh, okay. So I'd forgotten what they tried did, to. Did they do the, the prodigal son one? What it was? Is that, you want me to prodigal son is that story where 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 like the son goes off and he um. Well, yeah, I know the story. You know, yeah. The, the the father thinks that he's going and like wasting his money, but actually he's buying a cat. What? For him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he brings it home uh, and the father's like the oh really has. you weren't yeah. being bad you were you were doing something nice for me that's what let's the throw a party about, right? that was yeah. a re- right isn't that it, that was a really expensive cat yeah <laughs> ah. he's like no actually i invested my inheritance <laughs> <laughs> and if that is the the moral they're trying to push then i don't really see how it's i mean still going back to old tricks if you want me to stop then i'll stop but I don't, I don't see how the moral is as powerful as that one because they kind of just mm-hmm. totally glossed over the fact that Buck would receive a punishment. Eugene's just like, well, we're just going to throw a party or we, we forgive you and it's all happy and let's play happy music into the outro of this episode. The moral of the story was you can always come back and repent to God. That's kind of it. Yeah, that's, that's okay. I'm, I'm listening to it, the Chris's wrap-up scene now and she's just quoting... Um, 
Psalm whatever where it says he's making a list, checking it twice, gonna find nine is ninety nice. Mr. Skint is coming to town. Or no, no, it's 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 it, wherever I go, you are there, or something like that. But basically, it's it's God's watching. He's keep he's you can't get away from his judgmental eye. But still, yeah, Buck got away yeah. from his problem because he apparently didn't do anything wrong and was just trying to surprise them with a, a little funny. That's what you think. But then, then when they got home, he got a spanking. That was off oh. off air. <laughs> it was off. It was off camera because Odyssey didn't want the. Uh, Child Protective Services coming after their episode. See, th- this is a this is a, a, a just a general problem though with Odyssey right now, and it seems like it has been for the past several albums. They're they're trying to reconcile the fact that they have to be a Bible based show with telling stories, and and whenever they happen to tell an interesting story, at the end they're trying to figure out like, oh, how do we how do we put a a, a verse on this and like. I don't know if it's just like the 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 writers don't have very good Bible knowledge or or can't figure out the moral of their own story, but the, the, or, or maybe somebody else is writing Chris's wrap up segments. But but whoever's trying to apply scripture to these stories has no understanding of of, of story for one thing, and has a very poor understanding of theology. I've tried to when I was younger, I tried writing out. Uh, episodes of Odyssey just because I was like, okay, this is an interesting challenge and maybe I can get a job with Focus on the Family. Who knows? Yeah. And it's hard. Like, of course it is. Unless unless you start from sort of like an idea of, I want to tell a story about this biblical idea. I, see, but I, if you start from that perspective, then it's easy to have a, a story that sounds very preachy because that's where you start. Right. But if you start from an idea of, what if this character did this to this character and that would be kind of funny and interesting and right uh there'd be some drama because this is an audio drama after all so i think it's you, probably that you when, whenever shoehorning odyssey actually does well dramatically their structure of their story outgrows their simplistic conservative christian values and they can't they have to dumb it down to fit into their their extremely simplified value system <laughs> do you know the term mars hill no, well, no. mars hill is a um it's a, a story from the acts of the apostles where Paul is talking about the unknown God, and he says, let me tell you about the unknown God. And so, Mars Hill is a general term for taking something that's secular and giving a biblical value to it. And I wouldn't say Mm. that the writers of the raps that Chris says have no knowledge of the story or or Bible uh, theology, but I would say they're, they're not doing the best job of it. Again, there are lots of episodes I could, I could list, not particularly this one, but I think they can do a better job at it. Or Chris can say, we look at how Buck and Jules behaved and that's comparable to this biblical concept uh, without having to tie it directly in Buck and Jules behaved this way because of this biblical concept. Kind of framing it like, this isn't the moral of the story, but this is interesting to think about as we finish thinking about this story. Yeah, yeah, not saying that it is the moral. I don't know that each Odyssey episode needs to have a moral. I mean, you don't watch an Avengers movie and say, what was the moral of that story? Well, I do. (laughs) Well, the Avengers (laughs) isn't supposed to have a moral. Odyssey Exactly. Well, is it? Yeah. I I think Avengers has has more of a moral understanding of itself or a philosophical it's more philosophically consistent than odyssey is good odyssey episodes that i can think of they didn't necessarily have a moral where it's like now make sure not to lie because if you lie then you'll get in trouble but it was more like you don't gain a moral by seeing characters do something and you say oh well i guess i better not do that you just sort of get an idea of like okay here's what healthy interactions and ways of dealing with things are can we do our ratings? I have a great wrap-up line. Yeah. Let's, let's do our ratings. So this one was actually the my fourth favorite in the album. 
Uh, it was under Have a Heart, Friend or Foe, and BTV Revenge, uh, but it beat Find a Penny. I'll give this, uh, I'll give it a 5 out of 10. And I would give this episode a 6 out of 10 wrecked cars, I guess. I'll give it a 5 out of 10 Kathy Buchanan's. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Buchanan's. That's nice job there. I probably would have given this a 4, but I'm going to bump it up to a 5 as well. Because just for the little Mrs. Kramer reference, I really love Mrs. Kramer. They were looking for jewels on this street and... and they're like, oh, is that Jules? Oh, no, that's Mrs. Kramer. Kathy Buchanan's going to listen to this episode and be like, <laughs> like wow, oh, goodness, I just need to Garrett cram Mrs. Everything. Kramer everywhere. <laughs> that's how I'll get Garrett's favor. Yes. Um, but th- this was an example of a gag where that actually took advantage of the medium, where it's like, you don't know who they're seeing. So it- it's funny that they think mm-hmm. it's Mrs. Kramer, or they think that it's Ju- Jules, and then they're like, oh, no, it's Mrs. Kramer. <laughs> nice wig. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, Can you imagine if they did an episode that, like, the only character in that episode was Mrs. Kramer talking to herself? <laughs> well, that would be great. I would, I would love to, to have a... Yeah, that would be an awesome episode. She's just complaining about everybody. And then the, Chris comes in at the end and she's like, you know who else complains about everybody? Satan. <laughs> you gotta watch out for people like this. Okay, so so I'm gonna give five Mrs. Kramers out of ten. Gotcha. <laughs> That one was hard to get through, but we made it. And after this really long time after recording those reviews, it's so good to finally have got them released. Thank you to Garrett and Ryan for doing this with me. I really appreciate you guys letting me on. And that's going to do it for today's edition of the Scoopcast. If you liked today's episode, you can leave us a comment on odysseyscoopcast.com. And feel free to check out all the other episode reviews that have been done by the Scoopcast up there, like for album 62, 61, 60, and a whole bunch of other things too. And if you'd like to connect with other Odyssey fans about this podcast or anything Odyssey or even other podcasts, go to odysseyscoop.com slash forum to visit the Soda Shop message boards. So, as a sneak peek for what's coming up next, I have some big plans for what I'm going to be doing with the Scoopcast, but I don't want to tell you my best-kept secrets yet. In the meantime, I'm Michael LeFavor, and remember, you're listening to AIO Never Be Without the Odyssey Scoop. Before we move on, did anybody catch the um, Dave Arnold cameo in the credits for this yeah. episode? I think that Chris must have said the wrong executive oh, where, producer, where? and so he just went through and, and fixed it in editing. Our executive producer was Dave Arnold. Dave Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. I remember. I heard that, and I was so put off by it. I was like, what in the world? Where did he come from? That's what you got to fix it in and post, folks. Yep. Just like we'll do with this review. I was hoping we weren't going to have to do any editing for this, but I guess we are. Sorry about that. It's all right. You have to do it. No. It's not going to be out for another few years or so if I do it. (laughs) 